Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's okay that weird co-worker of yours doesn't listen to American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. This is a show for smart people. The workplace likely is not going back to normal, at least not anytime right away for many of us. And that means working from home for millions of people or working in some alternate office setting at least. Either way, how about this? There's a good chance that your boss is watching and tracking. And I know that sounds a little bit creepy, but there may be good reasons for it. There may be some not so good reasons for it, but let's find out what it means to you. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. I'm joined now by Daryl West, Vice President and Director of Government Studies at the Brookings Institute and also the Editor-in-Chief of their Tech Tank Project. Daryl, thanks so much for the, the time today. The article that you wrote that got my attention is just simply called How Employers Use Technology to Surveil Employees. And boy, that word surveil just sounds awful to a lot of people. We don't like surveillance. We don't like being surveilled. But what's actually happening in a normal office setting? And then we'll kind of get into how things have changed. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, What a lot of people don't realize is how many rights companies have to engage in worker surveillance in the workplace. Uh, There are some companies that have the legal ability to use keylogger software. So that literally will record each stroke that you make on your keyboard. Uh, so it can keep track of what you say and uh, what you're uh, writing. Uh, some places can deploy video surveillance cameras, although the cameras do have to be visible. Uh, people can be tracked uh, in terms of their physical movements through the geolocation software on company-issued uh, phones. Uh, companies can keep track of the websites that you uh, visit uh, during the workplace, uh, monitor your uh, emails, and compile uh, productivity data. So the law basically gives companies a lot of leeway as long as it is taking place during regular business operations. I mean, that's kind of the language that is encoded in the law. And about half of large companies actually are using one or more of these forms of surveillance. And as far as knowing which websites we go to on the work computer, I think a lot of people probably say, well, that makes sense. That's that's normal for a variety of reasons, from hackers to maybe illegal things to things you just don't want in your workplace. But when it comes to the tracking of your of your productivity, the cameras and things like that, it's one thing to say, yes, we want security in the workplace, but what does surveillance and productivity have to do with each other? Companies like to keep track of how workers are spending their time and how long it takes them to finish particular tasks. So obviously not every company is engaging in this kind of behavior, uh, but there are many that do. And so they can track how long it takes you to compose an email, what your response time is in regard to email. So there's software that basically will tell you at the end of the month, uh, you responded within 30 minutes 
to half of the emails that you got at the uh, workplace. So companies are using a variety of online tools just to keep track of workers. And they view productivity as something they obviously want to improve, and they're using data to try and reach that goal. Now, it's good for workers to know that that's being used, I guess, so they can adjust. I mean, some people might say, okay, I'm going to respond to all my emails at this time of the day, and then I'll get back to these other projects. But if they know they're being measured in that particular metric, I guess it's good that they would at least know that. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there, just in terms of worker notification. Like, that is really the key. Like, companies need to be telling workers what they're doing. There's a lot of variation from state to state in terms of what is legally allowed. There's a lot of variation from company to company in uh, which of these tools they actually use. But the key thing is workers need to know what companies are doing and how they're using that information. We are visiting with Daryl West, the Vice President and Director of Governance Studies at the Brookings Institute. So let's let's look to how things have changed, obviously, in the workplace. So many people working from home they're still working. Uh, they might be on their own computer. They're probably maybe on a, a workplace-issued laptop computer. So are any of these techniques and any of these trackers being used on workers when they're at their own home? If the worker is working from home but using a company-issued device, all of these things are legal in a number of uh, different uh, states. So, you know, if you're uh, doing business on a, a business-issued smartphone, uh, laptop, or other device, or if you're working over a, a business network, uh, broadband or uh, wireless, uh, that makes it fair game in terms of uh, what companies can keep track. And what concerned me, the reason I uh, wrote this article, which people could find at the Brookings, a website at brookings.edu, is just the impact of COVID. We know a lot of people are working at home. Uh, Remote work has blurred the boundaries between business and personal activities. You know, people are uh, having business video calls at all hours of the day, in the evening, on the weekend. And people are now basically going back and forth between doing business activities and doing personal activities And what they may not realize uh, is that blurring of the line actually exposes them to greater surveillance. So they need to keep track of that. And companies need to be telling uh, workers that even if they are working at home, if they are working on company devices, uh, there could be ways the company is keeping track of what they're doing. Are are there any maybe boundaries that should be drawn in the wake of all of these office changes, working from home, for instance, are there any boundaries that you think we ought to consider adding regarding privacy for for employees, especially if the workplace is their actual living room or home office or something like that? I think there are a lot of changes that we need to consider. So a better worker notification, uh, that is really key just so people know what the situation is. Uh, when they're working at home, kind of clarifying what the workplace rules are that apply to them, even if they are working at home. And again, if they're working on a company device, uh, companies uh, can keep track of what they're doing. Uh, There's a question about how the information is used. Like, it's one thing to collect the information. The question is, who has access to it? Like, does your immediate supervisor have access to this information? Does a mid-level person, does the president of the organization or the CEO uh, get access uh, to uh, this? 
Uh, I argue in the paper uh, how uh, employers use technology to surveil employees, uh, that there should be limits on the storage time of this uh, information. I mean, some companies are basically collecting this and keeping it indefinitely. Uh, I argue that there should be a, a limited time span uh, for that uh, data storage, uh, and the amount of the storage time should depend on the possible harms to uh, the uh, worker. And, and basically, there has to be a clear and discernible reason to keep the data for a certain uh, period of time. Daryl, you mentioned that, that they could do some tracking to measure productivity and give feedback in some areas. We're in such a litigious society. Is there some argument to be made that, well, we need to track all this and just keep the information for as long as we want because someday we could get sued for something? Certainly, that is one motivating factor for companies. Uh, companies also, you know, in an era of hacks and cybersecurity risks, are worried about workers downloading sensitive information or proprietary information and making it available to uh, others. So there certainly are some legitimate security uh, concerns that would warrant this. But I, I think people are not aware of the actual extent to which uh, this already is uh, taking place. You know, we've just kind of been edging into the digital era in recent years. Uh, and again, uh, with the impact of COVID and people working at home, I think sometimes people think if they're working at home, well, of course the company's not keeping track of them in the same way. But if you're using a company phone or a company laptop, uh, the companies actually can keep track of you. So people just need to incorporate that and, and be aware of that possibility. It's a pretty eye-opening set of information that you published. Once again, it's called How Employers Use Technology to Surveil Employees. And like you said, it's at brookings.edu. Uh, this is also uh, on your social media platforms as well. Uh, you all are on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And what's the Twitter handle in particular where people can find this? Uh, they can uh, check it out at uh, brookings.edu. Uh, the Twitter handle is brookingsinst. Uh, or Brookings Guff. So there are a variety of different ways they can uh, keep track of this. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, insight. It was uh, pretty surprising uh, some of the ways that that employers are tracking employees. Again, like you said, not all, but some. And I thought it was a very eye-opening piece. So I appreciate the time to talk about it today. Thank you, Mike. And of course, you can check on us as well at American Viewpoints. Just look us up at AVP Radio Show. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners.